Hi, good evening. It's at Jim Bobcast. I'm Jim. And I'm Bob. And it's episode six, 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 six. No devil in us this evening, Bob, because we've not played last week. So no, we've not played. We are happy. We are joyous. We are joyous. We are seasons in the sun. Yes. Oh, what a song. Christmas number one, that was. I enjoyed Westlife's 19- rendition of it. That's why it was the B-side to I Have a Dream, the Christmas number one yes. in 1999. Who was your favourite Westlife member? That's probably Shane. I enjoyed Nicky. Did you? I did. Yeah, he... Did he not play? He donned he donned a turtleneck like Messrs Keown. I and, believe uh, did Nicky not? I believe Nicky played in goal for Leeds, and he also Nicky Byrne is his name. Yes, and he was also the goalkeeper um, for the rest of the world team in the UNICEF games that they play. Um, you know, the celebrities. Soccer the Aid, I believe Soccer it's called Aid, exactly. And I believe he saved a couple of uh, professional players' penalties. His, yeah. his, He's a decent keeper. He, yeah. he signed schoolboy forms before realising he had a voice of an angel. <laughs> Somewhat better than that other comedian who plays in goal for... Oh, no, Jamie Feakston plays in goal for England. He's actually quite you, I good. believe you're referring to Patrick Keelty. Patrick Keelty. Patrick Keelty, <laughs> indeed. Yes, he is woeful. <laughs> he doesn't look like he can he's catch not a cold. A, but then again, he's married to Cat Dealey. So he doesn't look like he can every, catch COVID. Every cloud, as oh, they say, wow. every cloud. Cat Dealey must be about six inches taller than them. Cat Dealey's six inches taller than most men. Yeah, she's large. That's because they tell them six inches In is height. that big. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Anyway, episode six, not a game. We decided to take ourselves back to school and... We have done a season review, a half-term school report, if you like. Half-term, term number one. Yeah, we're 25% of the way through the season, so it is a good time to reflect. We've had positive moments on the pod. We've had some not-so-positive moments on the pod, which somewhat justifies an indifferent season start. Four wins, four losses. You cannot get more indifferent than that. No, you can't. So... You take it back, you know, I, I always say to you that you have to assess a season in retrospect, in my opinion, of uh, two elements, how you perform in the transfer market and how you perform on the pitch. So you take it back to the start of the summer. Arteta seemed to have a very clear plan. We wanted two midfielders. I don't think anyone was starting to even contemplate that El Nenny was going to come back from Besiktas and go straight into the first team. But then he played in the Community Shield and, to be fair, made a pretty good account of himself. You know, so we won the FA Cup final, we won the Community Shield, we had a reasonable window, and then on deadline day signed Thomas Party, which was felt slightly indifferent this year because we'd already played three times. Yeah, the transfer window was okay. Uh, it, it missed that one player, didn't it, Bob? I think it has done, and I think we, we've, seen, we've seen that. Yeah, we've, we've seen that our transfer window was lacking that finishing touch. Mm. I, I think I've coined this phrase before. It was the roast dinner without the Yorkshire pudding. Yeah, exactly. Just on that, I cooked a roast dinner at the weekend and my Yorkshire puddings were back to... They're relative to the height of Cat Dealey, actually. <laughs> they were a mountainous... Oh, they, you know, they were perfection. And did you put your gravy in the Yorkshire pudding? Well, I always offer myself two Yorkshire puddings, one that I use as the vessel for the jus <laughs> and one that I like to keep crisp and crunch. It's just the way I like to do it. I enjoy that. I enjoy that a lot, actually. Two Yorkshire so, puddings. the transfer window is what it is. I yeah. think the biggest problem with the transfer window was our inability to move players on. And in that regard, it was a mediocre transfer window. And like I always say to you, I generally believe there's an algorithm in the transfer windows. Those that do better in the window tend to start better. You know, they started slowly, but are now properly coming out the traps, Spurs and Chelsea. You know, both starting to put teams over the proverbial knee now. Indeed. Um, and, but, you know, they had quite aggressive transfer windows. And, and uh, annoyingly, uh, Daniel Levy is quite shrewd. And then Abramovich is kind of, I will outbid you, so I will win. He's also got that, that female that is some sort of, transfer negotiation guru I forgot the lady's name but she's the one that manages to flog the dead wood for the price of gold you know who's that the girl at Chelsea yeah their their transfer window negotiation lady she is absolutely amazing at at doing all their jobs 
Yeah, I, you're going to search her name, but um, you are right. They have managed to move some players on, and uh, then they've also brought in some pretty big players. Probably their biggest spend in Havertz hasn't been their most lucrative one, but the signings of uh, Zayech and Werner are starting to bear fruit now, and I think Thiago Silva's playing himself into the I Premier think so. League. Her bit. name is Marina Granovskaya. And she's a director there, and she was responsible for brokering. She was actually responsible for brokering the team's sponsorship deal with Nike. Oh. She's a Russian Canadian lady. Oh, what a fun! She, she, she's known as the Iron Lady. All those that have started watching the Crown released on Sunday will uh, obviously look at Gillian Anderson's portrayal of the uh, late Margaret Thatcher. Gillian Anderson's in quite a lot at the moment. I just started watching a sitcom called The Wall. I think she's starring in that as well on Netflix. You mean The Fall? The Fall. That's not really a sitcom. It's, it's as far away from a sitcom as possible. It's a very, it's a gory psychological thriller where a man goes around and rapes women <laughs> and then kills them. I don't know if he does actually do the first part. I think he's... Allegedly, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's... I, I watched that when it first came out on BBC. And my, my other half, she watched it on Amazon Prime back in the summer. And now she's really annoyed that she's watched it because everyone's talking about it and she's almost watched it too early. Right, okay. Yeah, no, I, I've literally watched about two episodes of it. Should we get back to the football? I think we should. 12 points from 24 after playing City-Liverpool and Man United away. It paints a different picture. Is it a pass score? Well, you haven't actually put Leicester in there and... You know, just use the away games to be fair. Yeah, but what and and what is the big six now? You know, because historically it's over. I don't know team size, like European firepower, wealth, or you know, Liverpool played themselves into it for many years. weren't weren't into it. Chelsea played themselves in. Manchester City were far away for you know. Well, obviously, it it started off as Arsenal, Man United. Yeah, and then there was teams that come in and dropped out, and then Chelsea joined, yep. making it that top. Yeah, Manchester three. City, yeah, and then Man City started with their financial and, the, and you know, and then Spurs, um, and quite fairly. But I mean, Leicester have won the league in the last five years. You know, they have played Champions League football outside of that, so you know they should probably be considered as a, as a as a big side. So when you say it like that, yes, you could argue for it being a pass score. I think we're probably three to four points shy because of the way in which we played those games. I think if you was to look at it on paper at the start of the season and I said, James, after eight games, we would have 12 points, I think you'd say, oh, where do we lose a game? Because I think you would have said City, Liverpool and United away, they're not going to be nine points there. No, but I think... I think we're 15. We should be on 15 points. Yeah, I can get or I can get comfortable with 15 points. I think points. 15 points should be our path. But I think it's the way we shit-housed our way to 12 points. We've only convincingly beat Fulham, and the other nine points we've collected have all been scrappy wins. We haven't looked convincing for our 12 points. <laughs> it's almost like we've won Monopoly by winning the beauty competition. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Rather than getting Mayfair no, and putting like, a no, hotel on it. Well, like, you had Park Lane and Mayfair and completely fucking hoteled it up. And I just kept rolling a four and going around go, just accumulating pounds. So that's what you've done. It's an okay start. It's not treacherous, but there has been a, there's been a consistency around it which has been alarming. The lack of chances. Chance will be a fine thing, as I like to say. Yeah. No chances, no goals, and that's undoubtedly affecting the results. And, you know, and in that time, you have unlocked an absolute player in Saka... Phenomenal, phenomenal this season. Gabriel yeah. joining in. He's just been named uh, Player of the Month again for Arsenal for the second month on the spin. Yes, and, and rightly so. You know, he has been... So whoever scouted him or, or, or whoever outweighed the other teams that were in for him, because I understand there was quite a few, Napoli, Man United to name a few, you know, that's a fine piece of business. Very good business. You know, William came in. I think on paper that... Everyone would have thought that that's quite a good deal. He's just statistically come off his best season at Chelsea. He looks pretty fit. He's never been like blessed with blistering pace. So you're not expecting that, even if he's aging in a brief. Fast over short distances, I've always likened. Well, he's an impact, like you know, like acceleration Mm. turn of foot, which makes me think actually similar to Freddie Jundberg in many ways. Yes, which makes me think actually he will be played better on the counter or on the front foot. 
and arguably infielder step. So could he play centrally, but you know, off a like off a striker, <laughs> not not as the false nine, which we learned that City was a was a, a dud move. A woeful decision. Yeah, there's there, look, there's some things that alarm. He hasn't played a Bamiang through the middle. Grrr. He hasn't settled on a formation. He's the, you. You always call him the Tinkerman. Yeah, I, and I just think that's one of my bugbears. That it's it's no formation that he's set on, and there's no team identity. You can't even like Wenger. Wenger's persistence for playing a certain way. Bielsa, we're going to talk about Leeds later. He plays a certain way, and you can sometimes criticise those managers for being not willing to change how they play. But Arteta's not even developed his style of play. We know he wants to play out from the back, but so did Emery. So it's almost like he's continued with that vein. He has a certain way about him, but you can't really say, oh, he plays this style because there is no style to it. No style, no substance, no chances, no goals. We've we've conceded three goals twice this season against Liverpool and Aston Villa. I think other than that, you can suggest defensively we look stronger. We do look tougher to beat certain times, although we've been beaten four times. Uh, so he's got the team working hard, but there's been moments in the season where they've been working so hard, I've, I've, I thought they've been a bit tired. So just looking over, he's played 13 games this season in all competitions. He's lost four, drawn two, won seven. And, you know, the two, the draw was the community shield which they won on penalties, and the other draw was uh, the League Cup that he won on penalties. So he's lost to Liverpool once and drawn against Liverpool twice. So he's played Liverpool three times out of those 13 games. And Leicester twice. And Leicester twice. Yeah. So, you know, he's played against some... I don't hold an issue of Arteta. I I think some people that would listen to the show regularly now think that there's an angle for me to be Arteta out. I'm not. I've, I've never actually fully been... A manager out, you've, you've, but you've always been pro Arsenal, which is exactly what you want. You want you want the best for your football. Yeah, club. exactly. Right. Like you want the best for your children. Yeah, yes. If, you do. know, if they keep on misbehaving, you're not going to kick them out of your house, are you? No, but I do love Arsenal more than them. Well, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I can tell that you love Arsenal more than them because just over your left shoulder, as I look at you, there it is in all of its glory in a quite a sizable picture frame is a lovely signed Arsenal shirt, actually. There is, From yeah. the 2016-2017 season, no less. The FA Cup winning shirt that messes Sanchez and Per Mertesacker in what I call the Mertesacker Cup final. So from my uh, day at um, Arsenal when um, we treated my friend uh, Ross, who now resides in Australia, to a, you know, the full package kind of day, this was my gift from the very fine-smelling Mr Meza Ozil. So, yeah, we played Crystal Palace that day. It was quite a good game. So the results, he's won, he's won seven out of 13. So he, this season, has a win record better than what he had in his previous season and, and edging in the right direction. It's, it's, I don't know, you'd have to do the numbers, but it must be edging towards 55%. So, so he's won, I'm just sorry to interrupt you here. So he's won seven. He won seven games. So three of them in Europe? Three in Europe, four in the league. Oh, no, he's won eight games, sorry. Because he got the League Cup. Yeah, he beat Leicester 2-0 in the League Cup. So we won four league games fantastically well. But then the Thursday night bunch, including the League Cup there, because that would be the same bunch, have shown themselves as equally as forthcoming. That's been the most impressive thing I've seen this season. They are moving the ball quickly from the back. They're defending well when, when required to. And they're playing a style of football which just is a continual... It's a continuation of the style of football that Arteta plays, which is very dogged, but there is an element of penetration about it. There's a line-cutting pass. There's, a, there's a, a touch of skill. There's a goal from a magician like Nicolas Pepe, you know, who just gets the ball out of his feet and just ghosts one I into think, the top corner. I think if you look at those guys playing, they have an identity. They start slow, and which they have done in all three of the games. Uh, Vienna slightly slower than, than others. But I don't know whether or not that is Arteta's style in order to draw the opposition out. Well, it didn't work against Leicester, did it? Because it was the complete opposite that happened there. No, but we... You mean in the league where we lost 1-0? Yeah. But we we did batter them first half. I mean, we played brilliant first half. Everyone thought all that game missed was a goal. 
He did. And Lacazette had his chance. And he scored. And he did score, which we now believe was a genuine goal, right? 100%. So, so his strategy in that game did work. It's just not worked in others. But yeah, but it's a very dogged approach. He wants to play with um, a technical aptitude, but it's also in a very disciplined manner. But we have got a lot of flair players in the team who I just feel like they just need the shackles just cut they from give, them. They need that opportunity. So how do we, how do Arsenal slash Arteta change in the second half of the term leading up to Christmas. Uh-huh. How do how do we change this? So Aubameyang through the middle for me is a must. I definitely think it needs a go. Certainly needs a proper try. Yeah. Uh, as does Pepe on the right, Saka on the left for me. I'd like to see that given a try with Aubameyang through the middle. I'd just like to see it given a try. I just, um, look, so in answer to your question... Uh, for me, a blend of Thursday meets the weekend, a hybrid, if you will. Introduce the Thursday night flair, darling. Yes, exactly. How so, very fabulous Craig River Hall would there. If I was Arteta picking the side for Leeds, I would want, I'm just going to put my foot down now and say, look, we're going to play a 4 3 3 and you're all going to work your bollocks off. And I'm going to pick Leno, I'm going to pick Bellerin, Holding, and Gabriel and Tierney in the left-back position and just say, Kieran, you've got a licence to go up and down all day. Defend well, attack well. And then a free, if, as long as he's fit, I know you'll give us an update on Party's fitness, but I'd like to see Party, Ceballos and Willock. Ceballos can go box to box, but I don't know whether he's quite cutting edge or not. But Willock is so natural going beyond the attacking line into the box, or certainly beyond the nine. And and party just needs to be able to play. I think you know he's just going to get better and better with age. And then I want to see that front three. I want that to be a front three for a run of games. Pepe on the right, Bamiang in the middle, and Saka on the left hand side. I agree. So I think we. I agree with everything you've just said. That I also think that settling on that formation, that four three three, that style of play, the Thursday night flair, the the right tactics the right lineup give the guys a chance just do it and then that you know you try them we give that a go till the end of the year we get through the most part of christmas leads us up to the new campaign uh, retaining the fa cup and i think another eight games down the line i i can see us having a well we, we don't have to go to these things we do have to go to leeds wolves uh, we do have to play Tottenham. We do have a lot of tough games in the back half, Chelsea. Yeah, then after that, we've got Burnley at home, Southampton at home, Everton away, City at home, Chelsea at home, Brighton away, and that is the next eight games. So there is, again, it's... It's slightly, slight, slightly easier than, um, than the first batch of eight, I'd probably say, because you've got two, two of the three tough oppositions at home. But Southampton are a tough side to beat now. They've always been a bit of a bogey side for us. Sean Dyche always sets Burnley up tough to beat. There's, there's no easy game in the Prem now. There's so much money associated with Premier League football. <sighs> no such thing as an easy game. Absolutely. So, you know, yeah. What would I like to see? I would like to see an element of the Thursday night guys playing on a, um, on a weekend, which I think will just inject a little something. It just might just give a little boost to the chance creation. The shot's on target. I'd also like to see Aubameyang play on the shoulder and through the middle. And I'd like Pepe to have a run of games. I'd like him to start those eight games, to be honest, and just just take a proper view on him, you know? He hasn't really done anything to warrant any, um, you know, in this team that's not creating much or, or servicing its front line. He hasn't really done anything to warrant... Any remorseful uh, comments yet, you know? He was best player in the cup final since then he started one league game. Yeah, I mean that's odd, isn't it? You know, and like, and he, and he hasn't not not done stuff in the games that he's been asked to play this year. Come off the great bench. against Sheffield United. Yeah, was great. He was. I mean, he, he, the last two Europa games, he's had fine games in. Really, I mean, everything that you ask of a player, just get involved in goals and assists, and he's done both. Hundred percent. So yeah, you know, and and Saka has been. You know, Saka has had a fine start to the season. It's been slightly clouded by our lack of goals scored and also, you know, how Gabriel was immersed onto the scene. The left-hand side of our team, if you will, uh, Saka, Tierney, 
Gabriel. Those players have had a phenomenal start to the season. They're, in my opinion, and I think most people's opinion, streets ahead as our best three players of the year so far. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And, and uh, well, thank you. So, talking about players, here we are. January comes. When January comes, what? how do we change it? What do we go and do? We're missing the player. We've alluded to the fact we were one midfielder short. What's going to happen in January? Well, there's, didn't we play a fine game the other day? We did, because obviously there's these stories of this 40 million transfer kitty mm. that's been banded about. Slightly baffled that we didn't spend that in the summer where it would have done us a lot more benefit, to be fair. But there was a, there's a lot been banded about, about this 40 million kitty. And we just thought, you know, we'd play a game, didn't we? We did. Tell us about the game. So I just concocted at my desk a uh, a game of, um, well, you need two players, right? And one of you plays Mikel Arteta, the other plays Edu. And then, you know, Mikel makes his request and Edu goes off and does his thing and comes back with a scenario and then you stick or twist. You start with £40 million and a, and a wage budget of about four or £500,000, I think. And players that you move on, you get 50% of the fee and 75% of the wage allowance added to your kitty. So Bob played first. I think you you, sold, you got rid of a lot of players. You terminated Ozil's contract, which was telling. Well... Yeah, I, th- I think, well, because there was, I wasn't able to move him on. I tried my best to try and get him to move to uh, the States or the Middle East, but it didn't happen, so I'm not playing him, so we needed to make that decision. He did. Um, and then, yeah, a couple of other fringe players that I think people have been wanting to move on for multiple windows went. It thus left you with um, about 60 odd million quid. You signed Zaha. I did. And re- loaned Reese Nelson in the other direction. I did. And then you just had enough money to get a, an awar transfer over the line. I squeezed it over the line, yes. That was the two I've gone for. And you, I mean, we're going to talk about how what you played the game in a minute and then see what we think we're going to do. <laughs> but I think that those were players that... Those are the style of players we probably need to look at bringing in. One of the things to note is I did move on Alexander Lacazette. Yes, you did. I decided that... With his contract expiring in the summer of 2022, I, I felt that to cash in on his value now, with the players in Inketia, Martinelli, Bamiang still in the side, with, with a good side there, I decided to cash in on him. Uh, Lacazette joined Milan for £25 million. Pounds. Yeah. Uh, interesting deal negotiating that one. So, yes, I ended up signing four players. So you you brought some left field players in. So let's talk about the four players you signed. Yes. So the the one you signed that I really liked was the Hungarian lad, Zubulushlai. I believe that's how it's pronounced. Dominic Zubulushlai. Dominic Zubulushlai, the Hungarian from Red Bull Salzburg. Salzburg. So yeah, he has a um, a twenty two point five million pound release clause. So. The award deal I didn't do because of the rumoured agent fees, which his brother, a circus, sort of six, seven, eight million quid. And uh, I just saw that that money was better spent elsewhere. So I then traded, I then approached PSG. You told me that they came back with a deal that was only a player plus cash offer. So they wanted to offload Julian Draxler. And I subsequently took them up on that offer and uh, took £12 million plus. Draxler for Hector Bellerin, which I thought was a fine deal. Good deal indeed. I then sold Lacazette as well for slightly less than 25 million Bob received. So, um, and in uh, almost a, a straight deal, uh, signed Odson Edouard from Celtic. You know that we're going to talk. We're going to talk real time in a second, but that I think was a good deal. You know. I thought that was a that's a really good deal. I think he could be a player that we do yeah. go back in for in January. I, I think that cost me about six or seven million quid net, but I actually gained about a hundred thousand pound a week in wages back. Um, and then the final deal I'd done, which was by converting a little bit of available wage spend into transfer cash, just using the powers of my economical Arsene Wenger training, um, I signed Gigi Wijnaldum from Liverpool, who has, I believe, only less than a year left on his contract. He's out of contract in June. And I, I pulled on the heartstrings of Gigi to convince him to come down to enjoy the delights of the capital city. 
and uh, and Liverpool were happy to do a deal at 25 million. And I then was able to convert my dream 4-3-3, which actually saw me dropping Saka, but it saw me strengthening my bench no end. I'm happy to play Cedric at right back for a period, you know. I think we go back in the summer and maybe look to buy a, a really good right back, you know, someone like a Max Ahrens or someone like that. But Leno, Cedric, Holding, Gabriel, or Louise. I I, I quite like Dave Louise, to be fair. Pablo Mari. Yeah, you've got Pablo Mari getting fit. Tierney, and then a free in the middle, which sort of got really exciting with Wijnaldum, Party, and Szbilak, or Bob, say it again for me. Zubaloshlai. Zubaloshlai. And then a front free of Pepe, Abamyang, and Draxler. Great. So that's our game. Yeah. Let's look at the real world. Who do we need to move on? Because we, I think we need to move on. So let's start with the one that I want gone. I want him gone from the club, Shogran Mustafi. I think there's interest in him. Barcelona are actually looking I joked to you on a WhatsApp, didn't I? And, yeah. And, it, and then literally like a day or two later, he is on, I think, Bleacher Report or something, wearing a Barcelona kit. There's... I couldn't believe my nuggets. There's, there's lots to be said that Barcelona are actually coming in for him and a, a deal around about 10 million mark for him. That if somebody comes in with 10 million from Mustafi, considering his contract's out in June, I rip their arm out of their shoulder. I know this will frustrate, but I genuinely, I think he'll stay. If the rumours are true that Arsenal offered him a new contract, then that might have just got Hus Farmy alone fired if he come up with that, that, that absolute shitstorm. But... I think Mustafi may sit out his contract. He's earning close to £100,000 a week and just take the fact that it'll be his last contract and take the signing on fee, you know? It's it's coming a bit more of a common thing now. He's not reported at 90 grand a week, so, you know, he could sit out 90 grand, plan around for But he's not not getting picked. He's been been registered for both squads. He has played this season. I don't know. I think they'll try and move him on. I think they will. I think they'll try and move him on. They'll move Socrates on. They'll move Kalanasic on. They're, those players are going to go. And I do think, I honestly do think they are going to look at moving on Lacazette, certainly. I think there's value there. And if the right money comes in, I don't think they'll, I don't think they'll sneeze at it. You know, because- they said that they had a massive, they, had, they said they had a big offer for him in the summer. But it wasn't as it wasn't at Arsenal's asking price, and I I really I really wonder what that what that big offer was. I mean, it's got to be north of twenty million quid to be considered big. It it would have been. I think though Arsenal. I think are- the problem is though, Bob. Sorry to interrupt. Is that twenty million quid in the summer would have been considered not a lot of money for Lacazette. But eight games into this league campaign, he's just in a bad run of form and people think that it's great value. Well I think what you need to look at is a few things. The first bit of information, uh, the first bit of knowledge that I'll put into that is he's nearer the end of his contract by six months. He's now moving into what I call that year of negotiation. January to January now is when they need to start negotiating his contract. They can't let him go past next January. That's January 2022. And his team have already commented about that. You know, it's been coming to the press, isn't it? Like, someone's actually openly asked Arteta, have you started talking to Lacazette about his contract? And Arteta, at the time, it was during the transfer window, had said, there's more pressing things happening at the moment. They were also looking at a war that was going to be £40 million in the deal. Now, if, if, as we believe they are moving their intentions to a much cheaper, almost half the price in Dominic Zubulushlai. I love my pronunciation. I'm like Barry Davis when it comes to pronouncing Roger Miller back in the 1990 World Cup. No, I... I do think that that's interesting. So if you're needing to shift Lacazette for 30 million because you're looking to buy a 40 million pound player, that's why you need 30 million. But if you only want to buy a 22 million pound player now, then moving on Lacazette, freeing up near on 190 million, 190 million, 190,000 pounds a week in your wage bill is going to really help out. Mm. Especially when he's coming to his contract. He's going to be 31 when his contract comes up for renewal. Yeah. Sorry, when his contract expires. Mm, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, I see it. If you know, w- you did a little bit of analysis. You're so good at this. This analysis. Well, I looked at our oh, contracts. Double sided as well, which is. I looked at same, our contracts, and you know, in, in 2021, we've got out of contract Mustafi, Özil, Socrates, David Luiz, 
They're the headliners. You've also got Matt Macy and three centre backs out of contract this summer. Three centre backs out of contract this summer, but then arguably you've got and then the year Gabri- after you've got Gabriel, Chambers. you've got Gabriel, you've got holding, uh, holding, Mary, you've got Mary, you've got Cam- Callum Chambers. Yeah, but he's out of contract the year after. I say the year after. You've the year after. I think the twenty twenty two contracts year after. So. Again, the contract negotiations are either ongoing or not happening with all those papers. Socrates, we can we can assume, is not going to have his contract renewed because uh, obviously we're in the squads. Uh, and I think actively uh, Matt Macy and is probably going to have the same done to it. Are we uh, really interesting to see what happens in the summer with Ceballos? I think it'd be really interesting to see what happens in January with Ceballos. I think you'll start to see how he's going to come into the... Arteta's plans for it. So I think we've got a lot of interesting players that are out of contract so very soon. The year after, I, I asked you in the game as well if you could sell Xhaka, didn't I? You did. And the only reason I say that is because I think, whilst I like Xhaka, I, what I have to also think about is that you mentioned it earlier, you alluded to the Iron Lady at Chelsea, who is generating some pretty significant fees for players who are perceived on the fringe at Chelsea. Yeah. Um, and anyone with 2021 expirations will just not hold any value. So they're either going to expire or they're going to get extensions near the time. I actually can't see Mustafi, Ozil, Socrates, Macy getting extended. So I actually got to buy him now or just let him go back to Madrid. I think after two years, it's a long probationary period. Um <laughs> And Louise, you know, maybe they extend him on a pay and play. He Louise still is a tricky fit. one. Louise is a tricky one. I, I can see depending on what our movements are yeah. nearer the time. I'd love him days. as a, I'd love him in a coaching capacity or something like that. I think he is a fantastic influence in the uh, dressing room. Um, speaks a lot of languages. He was great in the transfer window, bedding Gabriel in, and I think yeah. he did a lot of close contact training with him. Which, you know, is, is he's become, our, as you said, our player of the month two months in a row. So I think that what you've got in the next moving players on, so transfer window, who are we going to move on? You know, I think Lacazette's going to be one of your highlights there. I think you could see Chambers moving on as well. Well, if you move Chambers on, now you really do need centre-halves because you are going to lose four in the next six months. Plus, you've got Mavropanos coming back. And you've got the boy Saliba. Yeah, but I just wonder... Uh, He's going to move out on loan this in January window. Yeah, I think we both saw him leave on loan. Yeah, you have got the lads to leave. Yeah, so yeah, so I look at your list, right? And I think there's no one in 2021 who holds any contract value. I can't believe Matt Macy's only 26. I feel like he's been around for fucking moons. You think, Matt, this is the one thing. I messaged you this in the week. I can't believe Runison is 25. I thought it was this 18-year-old kid we were signing from Norway. I didn't realise he was... Was well, a full international? I didn't realise he was 25. I thought we were literally signing a kid. Yeah, he looks like a baby face, doesn't he? But, um, yeah, so who holds value? Lacazette, I'm going to say, has a value of about 25 million. And Ketia, I'm adamant they'll extend his contract. 100% well. Chambers, I could see, leave for 10 to 12 million, which means that we've made a small lot on him over the time he's been at Arsenal. Kalasnach might leave if you can steal 10 million I think, euro. I think Kalasnach is going to be going in the El Nenny's a really funny one. He enters the final year of his contract this summer. I, I And he's, 29, he's 28. I feel like... Oh, I feel like Arsenal might try and give him an extension. One-year extension, if he's playing, won't hurt. Well, I've... So, James, who are we buying this? Who are we going to buy in January? We are linked with some players. Obviously, well, we are still linked with Hussam Wah. Yeah, I mean, I... I f- and there's rumours we're going to go back in for him. Yeah, I mean, you, 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 Arsenal never, ever... Rumours never die with, with Arsenal. We've been signing Benzema for fucking a decade, so... The rumour, that one of these d- disgusting, dirty rumours, was, a, was an, a swap deal with Inter Milan for Ericsson and... Xhaka moving the other way, I've heard, muted. Apparently, both clubs are warming to the idea, but it's both players that are not warming to the idea, believe it or not. Sir Ericsson is said to be dead against it. Because he played for Spurs for so long. That, that's exactly it. Yeah, I mean, I, I said to you, I've mentioned to you Christian Ericsson before, haven't I? Like, I don't think he's the right player for us at this stage. No, maybe not. I mean... um, who are Arsenal? I mean, the thing is, no one actually ever knows truly their budget. 
And if we are led to believe that Josh Kroenke is telling us that the investors are, or the shareholders are adamant that they support the Mikel and his vision to get Arsenal back into the top echelon of, of Champions League football and also contend for the title again in the future, then he has to be backed in transfer windows. I can seriously see us signing Dominic Zubelushlai this uh, January. I really do think we're going to sign him. I think he's actually moving towards that point where we're going to wrap up the deal prior to the window opening. I think we're moving, I think it's moving in that way. He's got such a modest release clause, such a modest release clause that waiting in this instance is, he's not like a Thomas Party where his release clause has some weight to it. He's got a very light release clause that I think we have to go in for. You know, because in all intensive purposes, once you've moved on Kalanasic, you've moved on the uh, thing Mustafi, is that, you could pay for him. Then this is Dominic, yeah? Yeah, I definitely think, I think, with, I almost will say now that he's assuming, uh, so he's certainly assuming that we're going to go for him, whether he decides to but come I don't, or not. I don't, I don't, see, that's just where it's, it's just, that's, that, that's fucking bollocks. Like, you, <laughs> you don't just go for him, like, you call them now and say, let me put the money into escrow here, right, I, I'm activating his contract, I want to talk to him now. You just, you, you can... I can see that happening now. You can pre-sign players, right... So he has got a release clause. If you activate the release clause in his contract, you are able to start talking to him. You just cannot now uh, execute the deal until the window is officially open. You know, I, I said it, didn't I? And I think that will honestly happen. I think we're going... Well, if they don't do that, there are teams like touted, like teams in Germany, like Munich and Dortmund and Madrid sniffing around. You've got absolutely no fucking hope competing against those teams selling a vision. So you, you need to get in quick and get the guy on a pre-contract. I, th- I can see and that then pra- And then pray that they just stay away from him because they think the deal's too far down the line. No, I can see that happening. And by, by, by virtue of that, I can obviously, that means Uwa's dead. I can, I can tell you the deal I really can see happening in January. And you're screwing your face up. Because I know because what you know, you're going to say. You yeah. know what I'm going to say because I said it all the way through the summer. I could see... Wilfred Saha coming to Arsenal? Um, no. Okay, I'm going that. I, I, I'm putting it down. Now. I can see him coming to Arsenal because because he started the season too well. That's exactly the reason why I can see him coming to Arsenal. Well, I, I think it's the opposite reason because I think Palace will put a huge coupon on him for that. And I, I don't because the way you have to structure deals in the Premier League, where you had to pay the full funds up by 18 months of from the completion date. If Wilfred Zaha will be fifty million pounds, like I, we, I, Arsenal won't be able to. They would, they should be able to. We've got a, a, an owner who who boasts a ten billion pound net worth, but they they won't be able to pay fifty million pounds in eighteen months with the fact that there's no sign of fan revenue um, in the immediate future. Okay. I'm. I would like to see him as an Arsenal player. But then again, the bizarre thing, right, is that you're trying to replace one piece of the puzzle which absolutely has earned his stripes in Saka. You signed Zaha, he plays left wing, which means that you've lost Lacazette from the nine role. You've promoted Aubameyang to the nine. When I say promoted, he just moves sideways. Yeah, and then you've still got a situation at right wing where Arteta will continue to use Willian and, and Pepe. And maybe Saka now. And he plays an inverted winger role. So, that's who I think I can see us bringing him. Why? Why do you? Why can you see Arsenal signing him? Because he's an Arsenal fan. No, because I can see them moving on Lacazette, and I can see that that allows. But that's why I said they look at Odson Edouard. I think he genuinely thinks that Aubameyang is an inside there's, forward. There's reported for, he's got apparently a forty percent sell-on fee at Celtic. Hodson, uh, Hodson Award, Hodson Award with PSG. So whatever Celtic sell him for... 40%? Which is, yeah, 40% of whatever free Celtic sell him for has to go to PSG, which is why he's reported to have a 40 million release. Uh, Celtic are holding out for 40 million for him because 40% of that 40 million it's has got to go to... PSG. So they're probably valuing him in and around 25, 30 million. But because they value him at that, and that's what they want, they have to add on, almost adding on that, if you will. <laughs> They've got to add on that. And they're not going to be having fan revenue anytime soon. That's massive to them. 
They've got a go some now to to win the league in Scotland, haven't they? I think Rangers are actually having a really good campaign. A very good campaign under Stevie Gerrard. Stevie G, yeah. So I don't, mate. I actually genuinely, I, I don't, I don't know because if they've got that sort of budget, it makes so much more sense to have taken ten million out your January budget and got the Awadu over the line. And again, it, that that forty million budget, it, it baffles. So maybe they only afford, maybe that forty million was from the summer and they needed fifty. So they're not taking money out of their January budget. That's just they, what's they, left over from... But they used the money to sign party. What, the award deal was turned off, and then the so-called party train happened over a 72-hour period. Yeah, I, that's... Where this, this 40 million is going to bug me if we go out and get players like that. But that sort of number gets touted around Arsenal for yeah. ages now. So I don't... I don't know. Um, I, I don't keep close enough to Arsenal's balance sheet. I know they're PLC and they post their finances, but so who do you think we're going to sign, James? I can see them doing a deal with Dominic Schlubluublu. Zubashlai, would you like me to pronounce it? Yeah, just put um, your thumb up when you want me to use my exquisite pronunciation skills. But I think they're going to come under quite a lot of competition there. I don't know. That they they may reapproach the Awar deal. I, I think I don't think in six months' time uh, Arteta would have fallen out of love with the player. I think he was. I think many recognised tabloids um, said how fond of the player Arteta was. Well, they actually said that Edu overruled that deal and went for a party. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I think Arsenal have to sign a left back. I, I mean, my only my the only thing I don't like about Kieran Tierney is I feel that he is suspect in retrospect of long-term fitness and if you do let Kolasinac go to back to Germany it looks like most likely who plays left back the boy Saka he isn't actually a left back he is a makeshift left wing back so if you you draw City away and Tierney's injured and you sold Kolasinac gonna play Saka at left back it's just gonna get ghosted Ainsley yeah, again, he's right-footed, he's playing out of position. So you don't actually have a backup in that position. Okay. And, you know, you've got to start thinking now. You're always thinking windows ahead. You've got to start thinking about bringing who your next centre-back targets are. I mean, I know you've mentioned Saliba, but I, it's really odd, the management of Saliba. He's a £30 million acquisition, and I generally think that we have... I I think our treatment of him since he's come back under Arsenal's control is that we've probably cut his value in half. There's been some positive news about him today that he, apparently his English is improving dramatically, which is allowing That's him to... That's fucking horseplay, though. Gabriel is three years older than him. He doesn't speak a fucking word of English. He's communicating in, in, in Brazilian and Portuguese to Arteta and Louise, right? And it's just getting translated. But the common knowledge of the intelligence of a professional footballer... Yeah, they just have a language that they can get by in. I don't fucking have it for a second. It's 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 fucking nonsense. And you know, some people who've um, you know, some of the Twitterati, you know, there are. I, I've said it as a theory to you, but other people are coming out with it now. Yeah, is that um, anyone who was bought in by Emery, you know, Arteta's somewhat ghosted them. He's moved Torreira on. He's moved Guendouzi on, and Saliba can't get a kick. So. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, Bob. I, I don't know what January looks like for us. All I know is that we um, yeah, we need to do something because we're still short from the summer. So, half-term predictions. Where do you think we're going to finish? In the league. In the league. Seventh. Sixth. Uh, finishing above who? Everyone in position seven <laughs> to 20. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know. I think we'll finish sixth, though. Okay. Uh, who do you think the top four will be? I still think Liverpool win the league. Even though no recognised centre-backs for a long while. Yeah. Yeah, I think Liverpool win the league. I think City will come second. Pushing them close. No, I think Chelsea will finish second. Okay. I think Chelsea third. I think City third. And who do we both think will be fourth then? Well, I think Spurs will finish in the top four. I think Spurs will finish fourth. And I, and I think if they finish fourth, they've lost their... They might have lost their arsehole a bit, which they're infamous for doing. But So, uh, who do you think is going to go down? The same as we've said previously. Yeah, I think Burnley, Fulham, Brighton, I think for me, probably going to go down. I don't think Fulham will go down. I think Sheffield United will go down. Okay. So we've got, we got our report card. We've been through all of the geography. We've been through maths. We've been through PE in English. We've gone through all the lessons. Mm-hmm. Overall mark for Arsenal. C. I'm going to say we are a C-. minus. Okay, I'm not in America, so it's just a... 
I got. Did you not get B pluses and all that with your exams? No. Fair play. Okay. C a C a C is a pass. It's a recognised GCSE pass. There you go. Uh, but I actually, a to C grade. I actually think they do numbers now, so I'm. Not it is. Fucking, it's all weird stuff. I'm it's not all, down with the kids. Sort the Fibonacci sequence or something in with regards to it. So okay, so Leeds this weekend. What's, it's what's, the first time we've what played. What Fenerbahce have to the do? Fibonacci, with not Fenerbahce, <laughs> you buffoon. So Leeds this weekend. We've got Leeds this weekend on yeah. Sunday, Super Sunday, four thirty kickoff. And nice to see there are four games on TV this week and none of them have box office associated yes, with Yes, indeed. They'll all be box office games. So it's the first time we played Leeds in the Premier League for like something like nearly 15 years. Was not our Arsenal legend David O'Leary managing them at the time? No, he'd, he'd moved on by this point. I think it was Peter Reid. Fucking hell, Peter Reid. He had a hooter on him. I love Peter Reid. Fantastic swearing technique and brilliant ability. <laughs> might have been Mick McCarthy, actually, anyway. So we've played them 24 times in the league, beat them 12 times, lost against them eight. You can work out the difference as four draws. Scored 43 goals, conceded 25. So, that you know, we, we, have, we have the upper hand against them. It really, really even... Period. Though. Yeah, over a fifteen-year period. You know, what, there was periods what, when Leeds were getting to the Champions League semi-final. Yeah, they had some fine players back in the day. Um, a- another famous Ian Hart. So um, Ian Hart, the left-footed free kick wizard. It's it was it was like a goal. You know, you know, we we, we always go back to the Henri ninety-one minutes. Talking of that, we did it after last week's podcast. We did a little minute ratios based on our. <laughs> based on our Henri and Van Persie calculations, we actually had a bit of fun and we did do Messi and Ronaldo, didn't we? We did, yeah. So I'm going to say Lionel Messi's uh, minutes per goal contribution was 65 minutes. So every 65 minutes, Messi will give you a goal in some way, shape or form. We then did Ronaldo. We did the whole career. So we had both of their whole careers. We did this over. So it was actually, it was it was Ronaldo at Madrid versus Messi at Barcelona. So just complete parity of their time in the Liga. And Ronaldo come out at... 65 minutes. So they're exactly the same. So if we use the, uh, the Jim Bob sequence, as we like to call it, there is no goats, but there's two. Yes, yes, there are two goats in the so Back to Leeds, though. Yeah. So, Thomas Party, injury news. There is none at the moment. Apparently, he received a knock on his ankle from a tackle with uh, Martinez. There's also a thigh injury there. So, we're just waiting for a bit more information there. Arteta's presser will give us more there. Yeah. Uh, we've got to see a Bamiyang plan through the middle this week. I don't know if you'll see it this week. I said to you on the phone um, earlier in the week that. Lacazette didn't go on international duty, so he should be super fresh. I don't think Pepe went either, so you know, or nor nor William. So they were, he would have had time to work with players like that, and I think he's going to persist. He, um, I think, I think he will. I think Lacazette will play. Fair enough. Hope to see Pepe. Apparently, he's had a very good. He's been training really well. Really? Yeah. There's been some good reports coming out of training that. Uh, the guys that weren't an international break's been doing fantastically. Apparently, I mean, I've seen some videos. Urzel in training has been literally assisting and doing all sorts. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, there's been some brilliant footage of Urzel in and our training. And is that actually Arsenal footage as well? So they're kind of boosting uh, the goat. I don't know if it's press footage or something like that, but I've seen it. It's fantastic. Reese Nelson's come back from injury as well, so that's positive Great. on that front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was starting to look really promising. Yeah, so. Willock and all of that. They're all been brilliantly in training. So how do we think... I mean, Leeds are are going to come out like the Clappers. They're an attacking team. Well, they, they are. They're scoring lots of goals, but they are conceding lots of goals. So, I mean, the only real reference we have of them playing us is they have played Arteta. You know, Bielsa has played Arteta early in his run into winning the FA Cup. We played Leeds at home at the Emirates. We won 2-0, but it was a very unconvincing first half. And bar them actually having what feels a bit like Arsenal football this year. They just The only thing they were missing from a perfect first half was goals. Unfortunately, we came out in the second half and managed to nab two goals on the break. But my brother-in-law is an avid Leeds fan, so no doubt there'll be some, some banter floating around. But I, it means I keep um, in check with how they play. One of the players he was desperate for them to change this window was Patrick Bamford. But it's quite odd listening to some of the ex-player pundits. You know, some of them just say that 
some players just click in the different leagues and what he didn't quite do in the championship, you know, he has been exquisite in the Premier League. He's had some really good goal scoring form. And then they've got other players. Phillips, the boy Phillips has... has um, Is that Calvin Phillips? Yeah, he's cemented... The Yorkshire Perlo, as he's coined. <laughs> he's, well, he's cemented his place in the England team. Um, I think the Leeds have got a lot of bright prospects. Yeah, they've got Koch, um, Klitsch. The goalkeeper is... Um, I think he's the ex at Casilla. Did you just say Leeds have got Koch? <laughs> yes. Well, have they? And, and, and did you say they've also got... Klitsch. Sorry, I, I didn't know what you were saying there for a second. <laughs> they don't have cockitch. <laughs> there we go. Um, so they've got some great players. And uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's um, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be tough. I really hope to think, and I don't know if you've ever seen it, if you ever have a chance to YouTube it, have a chance to Google Hearns versus Hagler, their famous fight, and look at the first round of that boxing fight <laughs> I hope it to be a match like that two teams going at each other bang 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 I think that would be a fantastic I think it could be a really entertaining game despite our previous chance creation and goal scoring I think it's going to be an entertaining game to this week I really hope so I, I want to see the right lineup I mean you've talked your lineup you know I want to see Leno I want to see I think I want to see Bellerin I'm going to see Holding and Gabrielle and Tierney. In the middle of the park, I hope to see Party. I hope he's fit. If you don't have Party, though, what would your... Are you, you, you're playing a three because you've named four at the back. So what with with and without him, who do you pick? With or without him. Uh, so if we pick without him, and I'll just tell you who I'd move out. So I'm going to say in the middle of the park, I'm going to go... Obviously, I can't pick El Nene because El Nene's been uh, yeah. with coronavirus. Get well soon, yeah, get uh, well Mo. Soon, Mo. Hope, I hope Mo you get... the King. Yeah, um, King Mo. Yeah, uh, so no, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be going Xhaka, Ceballos, Willock without Party. El without party. And El Nene. And if I've got Party fit, I'm going to go Party, Willock, Ceballos. Nice. So it will be Xhaka that's coming in for party in this instance. Mm-hmm. Up front, I'm going to go like we we both... There's no secrets to what we want to see it from. We want to see Saka, Aubameyang, and we want to see Pepe. What I'll probably think we'll see will be Aubameyang, Lacazette, and you might even see Saka on the right-hand side. No, I think he'll pick William. What do you think the score's going to be, James? <sighs> oh, I think it's a Desmond. Desmond 2-2. Two, two. Well, I think we're going to win 2-1. I say 2-2 and my goal scorer will be Sabios. Sabios. I'm going to say we're going to win 2-1 and I'm going to say my goal scorer will be none other than Gabriel. Oh, nice. I like it. Bonus points for a centre-half scoring. Well, we'll do the chat. We've got our charity uh, betting account that we... um, do £5 on each bet. I put £5 on, um, and then all the proceeds go to our uh, our allotted charity. We haven't actually um, won yet, but um, I'm sure the charity... I think once we win, we'll give them the... Look! <laughs> James, OK, so we've just finished off talking about Leeds. What's gone on in the world the last few weeks, the last week? Only yesterday, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McKennany, I don't even know the bloke, but two actors from America, Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool. Deadpool by they, 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 they had a 94% unanimous vote for them to be allowed to take over at Wrexham. They vowed to make the club a global force and they're looking to do a documentary on their ownership. I mean, <laughs> would you believe it? Yeah. Uh, Amazon all or nothing with Wrexham. It makes total you know, sense. I, I, I like a Saturday afternoon up the Wrexham. <laughs> up the Wrexham. Obviously, Wrexham famously beat Arsenal 2-1 back in uh, the 1991-92 FA Cup third round. A fantastic free kick from Mickey Thomas. <laughs> Uh, knocking out Arsenal's goal with Balan Smith that year, uh, wearing the squash banana away kit down at the race smudge. course ground. Good old smash. You've got a bit of squash banana on today. I love that shirt. Bruised banana, I think it's but called. So, not squash so banana. these celebrities, these celebrities looking to take over a football club, and with uh, I'm a celebrity back on TV, it was back on on Sunday night, Harry Redknapp being a previous winner. Oh, Harry. Yeah. I just thought myself celebrity fans 
of football teams. So I'm a celeb fan. Get me out of here. So if we were going to pick a football fan only, I'm a celeb people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's have a look at some of the people who fans of Arsenal. Idris Elba's an Arsenal fan. Love that. Obviously Piers Morgan, popular. Uh, Mo Farah, Sir Mo Farah actually in I'm a Celebrity at the moment. And my favourite, my favourite, which actually is a bit of a story behind, my favourite, and the fact that he's called a celebrity is fantastic. The infamous, you want to see what, look, when I was was researching this, what they called his celebrity, (laughs) I know you're going to say it, go for it, you say it and I'll tell him what they called him. Asama Bin Laden. Osama Bin Laden is an Arsenal fan and they called him Terrorist Overlord. <laughs> yeah, we've in, also got in, that. 19, in 1994, when he was living in London before his um, terrorism acts, I think, were embraced upon the world and, uh, you know, and heartfelt feelings go out to any of those affected by any said actions. But it was later said that Arsenal refused to allow him to do it and... Uh, did some sort of media thing where they cut all ties or associations and banned all photos from going live. But, um, yeah. Sort of like what they're doing with Ozil at the moment. Yeah, pretty much. And Her Majesty the Queen. Her Majesty the Queen and... uh, (laughs) Prince Harry. Prince Harry are both on that list, as well as P. Diddy. P. Diddy. Diddy. Puff Daddy is a gooner. Sean Coombs and Jay-Z. I tell you what, there's some... His his friend Jay-Z is also a gooner. There is some absolutely brilliant ones if you look down it. I mean, Spurs, Spurs have got one. Mr. Moneyball himself, Billy Bean, is a Spurs fan. <laughs> Apparently, as is J.K. Rowling. Yeah, absolutely. Sorcery there, you know. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Tom Hanks. is the... a Villa fan, along with Prince William. Yeah, <laughs> and David Cameron. Yes, David Cameron all famously went up and said he supported West Ham because he got confused with the colour. Back to Leeds there, Russell Crowe's a Leeds fan. Oh, the best one for me, the best one for me when I saw this list is the infamous... Rocky Balboa. Sylvester Stallone. John Rambo. Sylvester Stallone. He actually came onto the pitch. Yes, he's an Everton fan. But I just thought, no, naturally you should support West Ham. The goalkeeper's called Adrian. (laughs) He's now at Liverpool. Yes. Which is the the thing. Adrian. (laughs) So so I was just about to say, Russell (laughs) Crowe. Stand the pun on the Oh my god! Oh, what are you doing, you madman? There, that would absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, oh, there's some. So obviously, Ant and Dec famously a Newcastle fan. <laughs> Angelina Bro- Jolie, the uh, oh, the Adonis that she is supports Liverpool. I mean, when has she ever been to Liverpool? As does Samuel Jackson. <laughs> Uh, that would have been from shooting um, the Fifth, film with, um, with Robert, Robert Carlyle. It yeah. definitely was. West Ham famous fans. West Ham have got a beautiful list. They've got Barack Obama. Barack Obama is a West Ham fan. <laughs> That's outrageous. Michael Jackson's, a, well, the late Michael Jackson's a Fulham fan. Apparently he was a West Ham fan, but whenever he went to the games, he used to get really pissed off with them singing I'm Forever Blowing Bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, West Ham fans are actual genuine West Ham fans. I mean, Katy Perry was kind of nudged into it from her relationship with Russell Brand, but Brand, Corden, Ray Winston, Danny Dyer, Lennox Lewis, all of them actual, like, proper Dyer fans. They are indeed. You know, and if, I think you've got Daniel Craig's a Liverpool fan. I mean, I'd love this. When I was doing this work, Brian Blessed. Brian Blessed? Yeah. He is a Newcastle fan, and obviously, famously, Brian Blessed... Uh, actually was walking through a park and there was a lady that went into labour and he uh, he gave birth to the child for her. Uh, Eva Longoria, Man United, okay, because she's best friends with Victoria Beckham. David played for Man United. But then, uh, like, Kim Jong-un, a Man United fan. Kim Jong-un is a Man United fan. He's not called a terrorist overlord. Christopher, Christopher is a Liverpool fan. They did say in 1986 when his song Lady in Red come out that actually it was called Kenny in Red after Kenny Daglish, but that was changed by the record label. Oh. Talking of musicians that are football fans, West uh, Leicester of a couple. They've obviously got Serge from Kasabian. They've also got Mark Morrison, Return of the Mac. Yes, it's you know, outrageous. But, yeah, and Southampton have the wonderful Lucy Pinder. Ooh. The coolest, Daniel Day-Lewis is a Palace fan. Lucy Pinder's from Kent. Yeah. You've also got the two coolest people on that list. Wolves have the two coolest fans. Yeah. Uh, Robert Plant and Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin. Yes. So what we want you to do, people, is tweet us in at Jim Podcast... 
your famous football fans. So Chelsea, we haven't talked about. They've obviously got Will Ferrell, who's been quite uh, formidable, famous of them. Charlize Theron is also a Chelsea fan, apparently. Yeah, they, Chelsea draw all the actors because I think they just go and reside in that part of the um, yeah, Emma Watson, Hermione yeah, um, Granger herself. Matt Damon's also a Chelsea fan. He is indeed. Obviously, you've got people at Usain Bolt that are... Man United fans. Yeah, the Gallagher man. brothers down at City. Ollie Murs, another Man United fan. Yeah. Uh, Jordan North, he's in I'm a Celebrity at the moment. Quite funny when I was watching it last night. Is that the guy from Rizzle Kicks? No, Jordan North, he's a Radio 1 DJ. Oh, right. He was on there last night, just about to do a trial where he was buried in a pit of snakes. Oh. And he was going, think of your happy place, happy place, happy place. <laughs> and he was going, turf more, turf more, turf more. Oh, I love About that. Bernie Football Club. Other, Prince Child is a Bernie fan. Oh, brilliant. Yes. But I love this celebrity football fan. So I want you to tweet in, tweet in at Jim Broadcast. Tell us your celebrity <laughs> football fans. Fat boy or, Slim's a Brighton fan. Oh, he's from Brighton. Uh, yeah. Other tenuous links to celebrities, the football club. Michael Jackson as in as in Thriller. Well, they had a uh, famous statue outside Fulham. Mohammed Afai brought him to Fulham. Yes. There was a statue I outside. Forgot. Yes. Yeah, we just want to know all of your celebrity football fans. We can add them to our list, mm. you know, because it's been so much fun doing that. And I only started to do it off the back of I'm a Celebrity coming back. Mm. And this Ryan Reynolds mag- magnificence. I mean, that that's actually, like, probably not a stupid play. They'd have picked that team up fairly cheap, I imagine, in, in retrospect of, you know, an actor's wealth is not that of a commercial celebrity's wealth. And, you know, because of the power of social media now, they will be able to propel that football club into America where their fan base is probably most at large uh, and, and have a following. You know, I said to you on the phone, didn't I, uh, you know, some of their players, you know, are, are, are going to have no exposure whatsoever to what's coming their way. But they, they will no doubt have a, an army of Ryan Reynolds followers that will now, um, now come over. And Ryan Reynolds has started doing this more and more. I don't know if you follow him on Instagram or... Or anything, but I think he's uh, recently got into um, alcohol distilleries. Um, I think he has like a commercial property venture. He's starting to obviously invest a lot of you know the royalties that he makes from uh, his. I'd film. love to get involved in getting inside alcohol distilleries. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you'd ever leave, old boy. Um, but um, yeah, no. So look, good luck to Reynolds and McElhenney, and. Um, we uh, we will see how they prosper. Any other news on your? Agenda, I've got a bit Robert? of a rant. Oh, you've brought a rant. Since when was Christmas in November? Absolute. All these people putting up their Christmas decorations now in November, just because it's lockdown. You know, my missus is asking me to do it. I said, no, no, first weekend of December. You have to wait for the period of Advent to start. Well, you have to wait until the 1st of December, right? So, At least. Well, the 1st of December marries up with that of an Advent calendar. Yes, and have you got your advent calendars yet? No, because it's the 17th of November. You're not going to buy them to get them ready and make sure they're hung ready? Get them ready? What the fuck? Hung ready? What's your, these shops all it's run not out. A, it's not a fucking joint of beef, Robert. <laughs> Talking no. about joints of beef, have your butchers gone this week? Have they, have they performed better? Uh, we've. N- I've not gone back to the butcher. We, I've just used the uh, taste the difference uh, part of Sainsbury's this nice, week. Nice, nice. Played safe. We've, um, yeah. yeah. So the, I'm, I'm really getting cheesed off with Christmas becoming yeah, earlier I mean, and earlier and earlier. I mean, I have, um, myself and my wife are um, making sure we get an hour of exercise in a day by doing a, a five-kilometre loop of the area. Um, and there are some quite um, affluent properties at the end of our walk that you can see up their driveways. And, yeah, there's like five or six decorated trees already on display. And I just think... This is just... It's not, I mean, it's not even Thanksgiving yet, is it? Oh, you know, I know that people start to, the Americans start to decorate their houses around. 22nd, Frank. isn't it? In November 22nd? Yeah, right? it's near the day before Black Friday, isn't it? So, yeah. so I mean, yeah, uh, look, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a warranted rant. I don't, I thought it was tradition for around, the, it, the first weekend of um, of December is when you traditionally put your tree up. It's certainly when I've looked to do it. Or, or I mean, we've got children, so, you, you know, if it falls on a school day, you try and, do some of it after school, but... I mean, traditionally, it'd be 12 days before, 12 days after is what the the, the, the rhymes and the, the Christmas hymns suggest. Yeah, I mean, Nicole well, likes the tree to come down, like, almost straight away. Like, like 27th. 
No, I mean, like, I mean, arguably, she might do it Boxing Day morning before we have guests over for ham and cold I've, I've got a lot of time for that level of behaviour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. If she was having, if she oh, was, I'm, a, I'm a massive Christmas fan. Don't get me wrong. Oh, absolutely. I absolutely love Christmas. <laughs> and we've been just been we've been chatting about what we're going to do for the Christmas special today. Which yes, it's going to be an absolute cracker. Yeah, you're looking forward to that, aren't you? I'm really looking. I'm, I'm, I'm having a long run up for the Christmas special. Yes. I think. Hopefully, we might be able to uh, visit an establishment to uh, to grease our wheels, so oh, to speak, before doing that one. Little sherry or that two, could boy. be funny, couldn't it? Mm. I th- I thoroughly enjoyed myself this evening. Yeah, I did because we didn't play last week. Yeah, well, well let's hope we can sit. But here. we are optimistic as ever. You've predicted a win versus Leeds. I think Leeds will cause us some problems. Uh, I'm not. I'm not denying that they'll cause us problems. You know, it's like eating a fine Indian. You might get indigestion, but pop an antacid and the day's good. <laughs> Bit of Andrews. Yeah. So you know? I, whilst I have predicted a draw, I am. Um, I hope I'm in the wrong for the right reasons. So. I predict a riot. Yeah, Ricky Wilson, he's a Leeds fan. Yes. And actually named the band Kaiser Chiefs after the football team Kaiser Chiefs because the Leeds player, Lucas Radaby, was signed from Kaiser Chiefs. I mean, that is outrageous knowledge and, and probably a fitting note to call it time. I've had a great day today. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Uh, you can we'll be back, we'll be back next us. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get us normal places at Jim Bobcast uh, on Twitter, info at Jim Bobcast on the emails. So we're back next week, hopefully celebrating an Arsenal win versus Leeds. I have been Jim. And I have been Bob. See you all soon. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>